This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Marketing Jam is brought to you by Cyber Impact, the email marketing platform made specifically for Canadian small businesses. Go to cyberimpact.com forward slash jelly, create a free account, and start sending castle compliant promotional emails in just a few clicks. Here's your host, Darian Kovacs. Hey there, welcome back to Marketing Jam. I'm Shahid, and this is Patrick Givens from VaynerMedia. He's the head of VaynerSmart. And I think a lot of people have probably heard about VaynerMedia, but for those who haven't, uh, why don't you explain what VaynerMedia is, who the boss is, and sort of how it came sure. about, and, and then what VaynerSmart is. One and the is. same there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So VaynerSmart's a full-service digital marketing agency. Really, we like to talk about ourselves as a marketing machine designed for the now. We okay. operate where attention is underpriced, and so largely that means, and our heritage is in social media and uh, a lot of digital channels, but today, really full service. And then, as you said, the boss man over there, yeah. Gary V. So we are founded and privately held by Gary Vaynerchuk. So yeah. Gary you know, remains actively involved in the business. We work closely on the pieces uh, that I lead, which is from the VaynerSmart side, are emerging technologies and IoT practice. Yeah, so I, I recently saw a video uh, on, I think, Gary, Gary V's Facebook page, and he was talking about Toys R Us and, and why maybe Toys R Us deserved to go under because maybe they weren't looking to the future. And one of the things he mentioned was if you're a business of any size, you need to be jumping into voice if, as soon as possible if you haven't already. And that's maybe something that Toys R Us didn't do. Uh, is, is that, you know, you did a talk here at CIMC yeah. about the, you know, the future of voice. Is that something that you recommend for, for all businesses now uh, in terms of their marketing efforts and where they need to be? Voice, everything? <laughs> yeah, well, I think what we would say in there is you better be considering it, right? You okay. be thinking about what it's going to mean. It's not going to be the place where every brand needs to be throwing all their marketing dollars today by any stretch of the imagination. But we see every indicator of it rising as a core channel of consumer attention of it rising as a channel not just for content to be pushed out, but also for conversational exchanges and ultimately for commerce. Yeah. And so if you're not thinking about what that means, if you're not starting to establish, yes, your marketing and business plans there, but also your branding plans. What is your audio identity? What does your brand actually sound like? These are questions that if you're not answering today, you're going to be behind the eight ball in a couple of years when that is more of a mass channel, when that is really where attention and at that point commerce is moving. Right now, um, you know, people are just getting introduced to the, the echoes and, right. and the, especially in Canada, because mm -hmm. you know, it's within this year that it's come out. And those voice activated devices, those assistants, when do you think it's going to be ubiquitous? Yeah, so it's a really interesting adoption curve. Um, now, this is all based on the fact that neither platform actually reveals their sales numbers of data, and I say neither platform, meaning Amazon nor Google. Yeah. Uh, but what we have, been, have seen indicated to us, I'll say, by Amazon, is that at least through its first three years in market, the sales of Echo devices are actually outpacing what iPhone sales did for their, their first three years oh, okay. of market. So thinking about the adoption there, not just in terms of hardware spread, but in terms of how ubiquitous it is, the way that we interact and engage with everything around us through mobile phones today, that's the trend we see coming in voice. And then I think we have another accelerator right on the horizon right now, which is, as opposed to just people buying third, or I should say, buying smart speakers, and people buying those Echoes or the Google Homes themselves, and that's you know, a tremendous population who have already opted in to buy those speakers, how many third-party devices are running the platforms themselves? So I mentioned this in a talk, but Amazon at uh, their reInvent conference last year announced 
1,200 OEM partners are currently producing 4,000 devices that run Alexa. So that's something like uh, the Sonos speaker, right? Absolutely. Uh, it's smart bathroom mirrors, it's smart refrigerators, it's cars. And so it stops being, when we talk about adoption of the platforms, the question moves from how many people chose to go and buy a smart speaker to how many people own one of these many OEM partners' devices that actually just runs the platform there. And very quickly, we move from the conversation as it is today, which is how many people are on a platform, yeah. to the conversations that we have around mobile today. We no longer ask, does someone have a smartphone? We say, what are you building on a smartphone that might be worth engaging with? Yeah. So right now, you know, a lot of the, the conversations we're having with right. these things, are it, it's around you know questions about facts, it's about yeah. scheduling and productivity, uh, you know, potentially buying things from Amazon. Mm -hmm. it, it seems very simple. Yeah. How far can it go, do you think? Yeah, so I think you're right to say we're in the very early days, right? It's simple exchanges, it's quick information, it's sa saving time. That's yeah. the reason that we think that this will be adopted so widely and so quickly, yeah. is that it's fundamentally faster and easier than pulling your phone out and looking things up for a lot of simple exchanges. That being said, that's just looking at voice as an interface, right? It's a, that's the value on the simplicity and the ease side. Now what we have to work on is the experience design around that, and we're dovetailing with the emergence of better machine learning and the ability to really handle large-scale data inputs and begin to readily answer more complex questions, that's where we're just dipping our toes today. I think today we work with a little bit more rigid design of what can fit within a conversation, what are the questions we're preparing to answer. But as time goes on, every one of those questions answered or almost more valuably questions not answered is just starting to build our learning pool for what else we want to be ready to respond to in the future. Do you have any examples of uh, what you've been working on on the voice side with, with some brands? And, you yeah. Know, you talk about being right at the beginning. So yeah. what does the beginning look like in practical terms? Yeah. Um, so we, a uh, close uh, client partner of ours is Diageo Spirits. And so I mentioned on stage one of our first experiences we ever put out into the world was the Johnny Walker whiskey tasting. And that was a skill first and now a Google action as well. Actually also a Facebook Messenger experience. So we're looking at that one, first of all, multimodal and looking at people engaging across platforms. but. In that experience, that launched back in 2016. We did several rounds of updates as time moved on. And then recently, uh, just in the last couple of weeks now, in the US have launched a new experience for Diageo called Happy Hour. Okay. So this is sort of an expansion off of some of the learnings that we got working for Johnny Walker that actually covers a wider portion of the portfolio, so many other spirits included. And rather than being tied just to one brand and the consumption usage of that one product, it's more about an occasion. It's about how people start to gather in the home and throw a little party, whether that's a pregame before going out for the night, having friends over for the evening. And there, we're looking at what are the elements that make a good, in this case, we're calling it a happy hour, but a good drinking session, getting the friends together. You know, good conversation up front, good recipes for drinks, some games to play. And starting to build in elements of those experiences into voice. So, so what are people doing in that context? Are they are they asking their devices sort of about what they can do, you know, with these spirits? Yeah. Is that the idea? So, what we're looking at today is everything from very quick. Again, we do want to be able to service that quick response. So, reasons to cheers, a little bit of humor, something funny. Okay. Even in some cases, what we're starting to do is integrate influencer content there, in, integrate some uh, brand ambassadors and some conversations they might want to have. Okay. So, it's a little bit of a content channel, something to accompany the experience. But it's also what's the right recipe for tonight, what's my occasion, and across these spirits, here's the spirits I've got, all right, what drink should I make for the party? Yeah. Do you think there, there I mean, I, I'm, you're probably going to say yes, but do you think there'll <laughs> be a time where, you know, the, the voice and the AI is, is ahead of us, and they're predicting uh, sort of what we need and what we want, uh, yeah. and not us asking for something? So I certainly think that we will get, I mean, I'm sure, on a long enough time trajectory, yeah. yes, probably. Yeah, exactly. In the 
in the duration or whatever, in the future to the point that we're planning for it. Yeah. I'll say we do think we'll get much smarter. We'll get much better at predicting users' needs and offering the right opportunity. But I think importantly, everything is still, and we expect it for the long term to be, user-driven and initiated, right? So we want to get smarter. We want to offer better answers and better responses. But we also don't want to be overly intrusive. I think that's the risk you start to run when you get to product, uh, predictive platforms. Uh, it can be really valuable once, as a user, I've engaged a skill or an action. Once I've leaned in and said, yeah, I want, I want some answers, then I want you to give me the right answer as quickly as possible. But prior to that, if I'm inviting these new audio platforms into my home, I also don't want them barging in on me all the time. I want to be able to trust when they're engaged, when they're listening, and when they're answering. And when, yes, I have the speaker in my home, but it's not actively intruding. Right. And, and speaking of being comfortable and, and yeah. intrusion, there, you know, p people maybe are not, not necessarily rightfully concerned, but um, concerned nonetheless that sure. you know these speakers are listening to us when we're, when we're when we're not asking them to listen to us. Right. Do you think that's a you know a valid concern? And do you think there is a, you know a time where regulation is is going to be stepping in to to that arena to to help? Yeah. I think that at, for that particular concern, yeah. listening when they've not been invoked, yeah. was what we, the terminology we use, when they've not been asked to listen, yeah. that at a, just a technical level, that's not how it works. And so I think better understanding of the actual ways that these are processed, that prior to hearing a, a wake word, so in the case of Amazon, prior to hearing me say Alexa, that that blue light hasn't turned on, that it's actually not recording and processing the things spoken around it. Um, you know, it's recording and saving for a few hundreds of a second, if not less, just to process whether that wake word was said, and after that, the, it's discarded. Um, and I actually think the platforms have both done a good job of recognizing that, that was going to be critical. I mean, that's why you do see a light on the top of your Echo devices, something yeah. that indicates when listening is engaged. All that being said, all those concerns are still valid. People can trust or not, and I think that's a matter of, at a platform level, building trust, and then for the work that we're doing, developing on those platforms, at a brand level and really across the space. Trying to be extremely transparent, extremely open with what data is being collected when and frankly why. I think as an industry, we've not done a great job uh, of explaining why data collection is useful and when that collection can actually be to the user's benefit. Instead, I think we've often just relied on a little terms and conditions check and yeah. get out of the way and let me, let me do my thing. I think ultimately, our incentives are actually kind of aligned. If we're collecting data, it's probably too, as you said before, provide a more relevant or in some case predictive response. It might be it might be in service of ultimately, not in the voice space, but elsewhere, offering ads, but the goal would be to offer a relevant ad, offer an offer that someone actually wants to take up. If you serve an ad that someone doesn't want to see, that's wasted money on you too. What's your opinion on on sort of the state of the, the fragmentation of devices? And we mentioned the echo yeah. and the you know, there's the Google Home HomePod, all those things, and then you mentioned you know, the fridges and the cars. The more there are, do you think it's better for us in that uh, it, it's, it's following us around in, in a sense? Um, or do you think it's harder to, to implement in that sense because there are so many things that you have to develop for at that point? Yeah, I think there's two halves to that. There's the dispersion across a lot of devices, yeah. which that piece, I see as a net positive and almost almost entirely a positive. I think okay. the accessibility across a lot of hard, a lot of different types of hardware, for lack of yeah. a better term, is great. Uh, the platforms can be wherever you choose to invoke them. That, that's easy. 
the platform side, and today we've really got two that we consider, Amazon and Google, at least in the West. Um, Microsoft Cortana beginning to kind of position, and we'll see what a consumer rollout uh, more aggressively looks like there as well. Today, the deployment is pretty easy because you're really developing across two platforms, much like in the mobile space, and then that gets pushed out to all that different hardware at the platform level. As time moves on, though, and we start to think, again, not just about voice assistance, but about ultimately a virtual assistant, something that's accompanying you yeah. across platforms, and where you, as a user, are asking a question in your car, and then you get home, and maybe it's your refrigerator, maybe it's your television. Is it always going to be Alexa across all of those? Is it always going to be Google Assistant? Or do you need kind of a virtual identity that it's handed from one to the next, where if I have a brand or a publisher or someone answering those questions from spot to spot, that I still know it's you, I still remember state maintenance, the state and the context from the last conversation yeah. to answer in the next. Those are things that we're working on today. Uh, we're working closely with the platforms to understand how they anticipate solving this. And then with a lot of engine companies in the startup community who want to tackle exactly that problem. So when we talk about digital marketing, content is, is at the forefront these days right. on, on every platform. Um, if we're talking about these, these devices and, and this technology as a form and a place for, for businesses to, to, to spend some of their marketing dollars, yeah. do you think the, the implementation is going to go in a direction of content sort of being pushed out and it's going to get to that point where you know, a Facebook feed is full of content Whereas you know an Amazon Echo is is very personalized, it's very refined, it's stripped down to what you want to be there. But do you think we're going to start to see things that maybe we don't ask for <laughs> in terms of content in in these types of environments? I think where we sit today, we're actually in a really nice place where it's entirely user driven initiated. Yeah. So we we even talk about the broader audio opportunity. You have your published audio versus your conversational AI. Yeah. The published audio, be it on podcasts or maybe flash briefings, right. is something where you can kind of pre-record, yeah. push it out. Out and potentially run promotion to get in front of people. I think of email, right? We, we right. sign up for one thing and then we get emails for everything. And, right. and so I wonder if, if that is, a, is sort of like a, a danger I think it's muddying been, the waters a little bit. Yeah. I think it's heartening to see that so far the platforms have taken that responsibility pretty seriously. On Amazon, I actually can't really think of a case where there's been anything pushed into users. Uh, there isn't a, a feed per se to push into. On Google, we saw some toe dipping in that direction. I'd say yeah. we, um, I know in, there was a case early in the daily updates where there was what certainly looked and felt like a promotion, whether it was paid or not, for Beauty and the Beast as a movie that was debuting. Okay. Uh, when someone asked for daily updates, news of the day, they suddenly got a mention that this new <laughs> movie is debuting. Now, yeah. um, according to Google and from all indications, that was not a paid placement. But it certainly felt like a place where someone who might have just been asking for headlines of the day was being given what felt a heck of a lot like a marketing message. Yeah. And I think there was huge blowback to that because people are very cautious. This is a new interface, a new interaction they're bringing to their lives. And they want to ensure that it doesn't get overrun by promotional messaging they didn't ask for. So how much uh, are you focusing on other things? We were talking about right. uh, you know, these voice-activated devices. but. Uh, which are run by artificial intelligence and machine learning and all that. But VR, we talked about AR, is, is already you know, something that we use on a daily basis. But how much of your time is, is yeah. focused on those, those other things? Yeah, so we, we, as a department for VaynerSmart, we're looking at all things emerging technologies. And particularly, we try and talk about it as an IoT arm, so things yeah. where there's connectivity across them. So we definitely consider other spaces. We do quite a lot in the connected retail space, looking at connected packaging systems as well. So even where the technology itself may not be terribly advanced, it could be as simple as a QR code on pack, but to date we've not seen a lot of very good content planning off of those interactions. There's 
many print ads, many packs that have a QR somewhere on the back of it. But if I scan that thing, oftentimes I just land on the brand.com. Yeah. There's nothing to do with it. Uh, what we're developing are a lot of content systems where based on whether it be your location, the time of day, all types of contextual variables, how can we actually deliver something with a scan of pack or potentially with an image recognition scan or NFC chip tap, something like that, that's super relevant, that actually enhances and augments the product experience, lets you buy more, something like that. When you mention IoT, we've yeah. been talking about it for a long time, the Internet of Things, we've, you know, Nest was one of the first things that mm -hmm. we, we started to experience, but I feel like it's been a, a long go and it's been a bit of a struggle. Do you, would you agree with that being sort of adopted on wide, wide scale, a struggle? Uh, and then do you think we've reached the watershed moment for, with these Echoes and Google Homes that we're finally past that point where it, it's been a struggle to invite them into our homes? Yeah, I think it's interesting when we, if I think back to five, six years ago and talking about the Internet of Things and what that was going to mean, we had this vision where a whole bunch of connected things around us were all processing data and doing this predictive thing that you were talking about, providing us the answer before we even thought to ask for it, automating everything. And the interaction from one device to the next, that has been slow. That's where I think a bit of this walled garden system, um, a bunch of dis disparate uh, platforms behind the scenes, does make challenge on that front. Now that being said, I think there's actually a tremendous amount of adoption of what we would call connected devices all, all day long and all around us. And so the next thing will be, how do you get, the, in a valuable way hopefully, one of those devices to be talking to the next and based on the data collected on either side, providing a better answer between the two. That's a place where I think the voice platforms can play a really nice role because if they become the interface across those different devices, suddenly now the ability to link skills in the background, to share data between the two that provides a better total result gets a lot easier to conceptualize and deliver. Okay, so we'll wrap up here pretty quick, but what you talked earlier about a, a virtual assistant, uh, you know, that, that person, so to speak, that follows you around. Uh -huh. What would that look like in the future, you think? I mean, we've seen the movies, Her, and, and yeah. all those types of movies that, that try to depict that technology. Do you have any sense of what that would look like? I think we're still too early to know quite what it's going to look like. I think the example that I tried to use is, if you and I were sitting here chatting, and you told me, as part of a conversation, you know, I really love Chinese food, but man, do I really hate Italian food. It's just, it just grosses me out, I'm disgusting. And then we leave here, and I call you on a cell phone, and we say we're going to go out to dinner tonight. I say, oh cool, you want to go get some Italian? It would be insulting. I just yeah. ignored you. I forgot everything that you just told me. That's effectively where we stand today with one exchange to the next across most of these IoT devices. There's no memory of what we just said. It's not carrying forward and informing my next conversation. And so I think that's the, thing, the first thing to solve, is something where even if I'm jumping from one platform to the next, if you and I are engaging, then it's incumbent on me to know what we just said when we talk again in an hour. And I think solving of that is going to be a first, whether that's passing a single user's uh, identity token from one platform to the yeah. next, uh, we need something that lets us maintain that conversation from one to the next. And also breaking down the barrier of that awake word too, right? Because you got to be listening at all times for that to happen. Yeah, potentially. I think there could be oh, a little kick in there. Yeah. <laughs> whether it's um, whether that is that we are actually listening at all times, or at the very least, when I've actively engaged you in one instance, and then I actively engage with you in another instance, yeah. that we do still remember what I said in case one. Right. Okay. Uh, so to finish off, since you're you know working on these things on yeah. a day-to-day -day basis, I assume that you. You've got some very specific favorite apps on your phone. Uh, what are those? What are the ones you use mostly on a day-to-day -day basis uh, for you uh, that sort of you can't live without? And then 
others that you just love to use. We're thinking on the phone yeah. or with the voice ones here? Yeah, uh, well, how about we do both? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, so on my phone, honestly, across social channels, I'm an Instagram guy. Yeah. I lo love the pictures and uh, sharing around there. When I think about the voice space, there's some really fun ones, simple things. This day in history, I find amazing little yeah. little historical nugget each morning. We do a lot of the light control in my apartment. We do, we've got um, the Nest Cam for the dog, so maybe that's more of a phone example. Uh, and then a fun game, Heads Up. I don't know if that's actually yeah. across the two, right? So I use that one pretty much whenever we get together with friends who want to play on that. And then for Vader, we actually recently released an Alexa skill version of that game. So a new way to start playing that one, a different type of gameplay, but the same sort of fun decks, fun stuff to play through with friends. So a lot of that. Cool. Well, I appreciate your time. Looking forward to what, what's coming in this uh, context and Love it. what you guys going to do with that. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next time. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.